The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do not think that because these Galileans suffered in this way they were greater sinners than all the other Galileans. By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siliam fell on them. Do you think that they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it be exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are certain... uh, Stories in the gospel that are more confusing than others. I would say this is one of those. Where you read it and you're like, this does not sound like the Jesus that you kind of imagine, you know, or or the nice things that Jesus normally says. Or it's not one of the common scriptures that we hear because it is one of the more confusing. It's not maybe as important. So every single time I read this, I'm like, wait, where is this coming from? It's kind of from left field in some ways, it kind of feels like. And one of the things that kind of jumps out right away is kind of this uh, is this appropriation that we have at times of other non-Christian things into our Christian understanding. So I hear it uh, all the time, although people, you know, don't always identify it, but sometimes people do identify it of like, well, I believe in karma. So, you know, if I do something good, I'm going to get something good in return. And if I don't do something good, then I'm going to receive bad in return. And that's totally not Christian. (laughs) It's absolutely contrary to what Jesus speaks about and what he lives. Karma is a nice idea. It's a way of simplistically understanding the world. See, we're always, as humans, looking for patterns in the world. Okay? So we try to identify and try to see, well, where's the pattern? Okay, red, blue, red. Red, blue, red. Oh, okay, so that's the pattern, right? And so then I can kind of predict the future in some ways. What's going to happen in my life? What's going to happen in others? It's a very common thing. It's a thing that we always try to do to try to control the world. And karma is one of those simplistic ways of understanding it. If I do bad, then bad things will happen to me. Which certainly is true, right? Jesus says, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. You look at different, you know, drug, drug lords and other things. Very few of them, if any, live to the end of their life, right? You live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you live an evil life, you'll suffer and perish in that evil life, even if it's not right away, right? But then we look at good people, right? Do good people always, you know, bear the fruit of the good? Some people do, but, but few, 
why do bad things happen to good people? Well, maybe they weren't really good, right? Maybe that's kind of it. You know, like, well, we didn't really know what was going on with them, right? They were really bad. Maybe. You know, that's part of it. My question, you know, so we can kind of fascinate on that question. Well, why do bad things happen to good people? And certainly we have Christ as an example for that in the midst of it all, that, you know, Jesus was the perfectly good people, good person, right? And bad things happened to him, happened to him in the short run. But the ultimate good happened, right, in the long run. I want to kind of focus on a a different avenue of this question in the way of Christianity. Is why do good things happen to bad people? That's really the question that I'd like. That completely dumbfounds karma. It completely dumbfounds our understanding of the way that the world works. We understand why bad things happen to bad people. We can maybe even understand why bad things happen to good people because the world is just bad, right? And so, of course, bad things happen to good people because there's bad in the world. But why do good things happen to bad people? It's a very fascinating thing. I I think about even the first reading today. We hear a lot of different scripture stories, and sometimes we read into it, and we kind of see it with just kind of rose-colored glasses. And we're like, well, Moses was chosen because he was an amazing guy, right? obviously, right? He was a good guy, so that's why good things happened to him. That's why he was chosen in a special way. Moses murdered a man. Moses was not, by any worldly account of today, a good person. He was a bad person in many ways. Was he more virtuous than maybe the people around him? Yeah, but that's not how we identify, right, necessarily good people. He murdered a man. He ran away from his family. He was skirting his duty. He you know, was a bad speaker. He didn't listen to God a lot of the times. But good things happened to him. He was chosen in a special way. I was even kind of meditating on Abraham. Abraham was about the first reading uh, last week and about how Abraham is chosen in this covenant. And we kind of look at, well, Abraham, you know, was by all accounts, you know, we hear about that he was a righteous man, that he was a, he was a good man. In fact, one of the best at the time. But if we look at it by today's standard, he had slaves, right? By today's standards, he was a bad man. He killed people, right? He waged war against people. He even, you know, was a, yeah, kind of, you know, he was a, he was a patriarch, right? He's got to be like the worst ever if he's a patriarch, if he's kind of has this control in some way, right? But yet, amazing things happen to him because God chose him. And we look at humanity as a whole. Humanity as a whole is bad, right? We kind of understand from the fall that we all are born with original sin. We are all born as not innocent little babies that are ready to sprout wings and go to heaven, but in fact as enemies of God. We're born as enemies of God. But yet God bestows good things even on bad people. We look at the saints and we say, well, of course the saints were good and the good things happened to them and, and they were able to accomplish amazing fruits because, you know, they were good. And so then, therefore, you know, everything was good for them. But we look at St. Paul. St. Paul in the second reading today, and he helped facilitate the destruction of the early church, arrested people, was there at the first, uh, at uh, the stoning of St. Stephen and helped facilitate that. 
Why did God do good things and save him even though he was a bad person? When ourselves, when we experience bad things, sometimes we experience it, we say, well, yeah, maybe I deserve it because I'm a bad person. Or we can sometimes say, well, why am I experiencing these bad things? I'm trying to do good. But we should also be able to say, acknowledge rightfully so that I am a bad person. I I don't deserve anything good that comes from God, but yet he continues to pour his blessings upon us. Our life is not a simplistic, we're good, they're bad, or good things, only good things happen to me, only bad things happen to me. But it's a complex nature of all those things. There are certain ways where we are made in the image of image and likeness of God, that we are made good, that we are but his beloved sons, and therefore we are looked upon with utter love and utter good. But there are certain things that we can also acknowledge that we're, we're bad, and we, we, you know, are not, do not live out that likeness always. We can acknowledge that bad things happen to us, that we're persecuted, that we have difficult lives, that difficult things happen to us. But then we can also acknowledge that good things happen to us in a greater abundance than what, in right account, that we deserve. One of my, uh, one of my great things that I love to uh, go back to and kind of in the midst of difficulty is a man that I met while I was doing a, a teaching parish in Hudson. There was a man who, who lived there who I, I got to meet my four years there. And, and after every single Sunday, he was like one of those guys who were just so he didn't have everything together. He wasn't the most polished guy. He was a blue-collar worker. He was a welder. Uh, and he was often at Mass by himself. But he always had this just contagious kind of joy. But he didn't really connect with a huge amount of people around him. But he was just, he was still like, when you talk to him, you're just like, this is a good man. And uh, I remember talking to him and and after, uh, you know, a year or so, just really being struck by this, every single time I, I see him, I'd say, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, better than I deserve, better than I deserve, every single time. And he had just this giant grin. And I was like, well, you know, okay, that's a nice phrase, right? It's kind of like a, a good perspective, you know, kind of in the midst of it all. But then, you know, you can kind of say, well, maybe better than I deserve because everything is going pretty good. When I got to know a little bit about his life, um, I didn't know anything about his wife. His kids moved back home with him, with their families as well, and were kind of taking advantage of him. He was kind of living in, you know, a small little space, in the, and his family had basically taken over the house. He was supporting a lot of them. He was working as a welder, but kind of as odd jobs, kind of keeping it going. He was, by all accounts not living what you would say is a fulfilling or exciting life. He was experiencing great difficulties in his life, great difficulties with his family, just kind of connecting on a daily basis. But yet every single time he came to Mass, nobody else would come with him, right? He was the only one who came to Mass. But yet he always knew, you know, he's like, better than I deserve, better than I deserve. And I think if we take that understanding always with approach to God, that God does do good things for us, even though that we don't always deserve it. That we don't have to earn God's love, but God's love is bestowed upon us. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. 
He didn't die for us while we were good and while we were already saved, but he died for us while we were sinners. He gives us the sacrament of reconciliation, not so that we can use it once and be done with it, and then, and then we'll be good. He gives us the sacrament of reconciliation because we need it, because he wants us to use it. He wants us to use the sacrament. So as we come to him, may we always acknowledge that we're getting much better than we deserve. And let us approach him not with a, a fear in a way that draws us away from him, but a fear that you know, draws us closer to him that we're not using or acknowledging the love that he properly gives us, the good things that he gives us in the abundance. May we always go to him and acknowledge he gives us better than we deserve with the Eucharist. That even though that uh, we don't deserve it like Moses, Moses was drawn to the burning bush just as we are drawn to the Eucharist that is consumed by God as we ourselves, you know, approach on this holy ground, even though that we don't deserve it. May we be uh, acknowledge and repent and, and receive those good things uh, from God that continue to, uh, in his um, abundance and continue in his, uh, what do I want to say, opportunity and hope that he continues to cultivate and draws forth fruit, even though that we might not always deserve it. He gives us a second chance and a third chance, 70 times 70, and uh, continues to bestow those good things upon us. So let's acknowledge those good things and acknowledge the way that God works, not in a simplistic way of trying to understand the world, but in the mystery of the way that God truly works in the full context and understanding of the whole world in his plan.